Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Broadway Brains. In this episode, we have Hannah Jewel Khan, who you might have seen in the Frozen National Tour. Also, past credits include the Beauty and the Beast National Tour. Another cool thing is she recently started a company called Bringing You Broadway, where they bring Broadway shows for free to special children in need, which is super awesome, and you should be sure to check them out. In quarantine, she has also developed this meditation group called Jewel Focus, as she is a certified meditation teacher. I hope you enjoy this episode. Thanks. Hello. Hi. Hi. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me. I love your headphones. Thank you. Yes. So to kind of start off the interview, could you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so my name is Hannah Jewel Cohn, and I am in Frozen, the first national tour. Uh, We're put on hold right now. I'm sure everyone has uh, noticed, (laughs) but we are on hold. And yeah, I grew up in Michigan. I went out to New York at about 17, and I started working at 18 years old. I was going to go to a college and I decided to opt out and just start performing and getting into the industry. I was ready and I was so eager to do what I love and chase after my passion. So yes, I did that and I've been working ever since. And I'm on tour currently and when we get back, hopefully in like January or so, I'll be on the road for a little bit. Oh, that's really great. So what were kind of your first steps in being like a professional person of the industry? My first steps, well, out of, so I did a, um, I did a homeschooling program in the last three years of high school so that I could train for about eight hours a day on dancing, singing, and acting because I had a hard time doing schooling and my dance all in one throughout the day. It was just too much for me. So I decided to homeschool at my dance studio and they offered classes for us. And I did that. I went to New York after that and I began auditioning. I began going to all the auditions that I felt I was right for. I put myself out there. I tried to network with a lot of choreographers and directors. I uh, took classes to get an agent those were kind of my first steps. I really wanted an agent to help me get in some rooms for auditions that I know an open call couldn't get me. And I really like, I trained and trained and trained. I went and took dance classes every day. I had a vocal coach that I trained with once a week. I took acting classes at Actors Connection. So I really did a lot. I kept wanting to train, 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 because I really believe that you can never, um, stop being a student in this industry for sure yeah I think that's so cool that you were like so invested that like you were actually taking classes in your dance studio yes (laughs) yes oh you have to got to keep up the training for sure so what was your first professional like show or gig so the first job I ever did when I was 18, I believe, or 17. I can't remember off the top of my head, but I worked at Bush Gardens and I played the lead princess. And I really was skeptical about taking a theme park job as my first job. And I'm so glad I did because it really jump-started my career. 
because my director of that show was actually the uh, choreographer for Beauty and the Beast on tour. And I wanted to do that show so, so, so badly. And I found out that he was the choreographer. And so I had a connection there and I ended up booking that job. And so that was kind of like my two big jobs to start with. That first job at the theme park and then going into a national tour with Disney's Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, that's so cool because like a lot of your things that you've done, like especially Frozen, are Disney productions. Yeah, you know, I always do a Disney production. I've done some stuff that, you know, isn't in the Disney world, but for the most part, I feel like I always gravitate towards a Disney show, (laughs) which I'm okay with. (laughs) Yeah. What do you think are some things that your theme park experience taught you to move on to national tours and shows? Yeah, that's a great question. I think that the reason I got... Um, a more rewarding job after I took that theme park is because I took the chance to take a job that might have seemed a little bit lower than what I wanted. And it was like a slingshot. I went, I went back, but I shot so much further forward. And I really believe that sometimes you have to take those small jobs and then you'll get rewarded with an even larger one. And that's how I really, um, gone through my career with. I I really believe that you can't just say, I'm just going to take this big job and I'm only going to want to do Broadway, Broadway, Broadway. I really believe that if you take some of the smaller jobs, you'll be really propelled forward. Yeah, that's such an interesting way to think of it because I never really thought of that, but it's like so true now that I think about it. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. So what were some of the similarities and differences from the national tour Beauty and the Beast and uh, working at the theme park? Mm. Well, I mean, touring is a whole different story, right? So when you tour, you go from city to city to city. And a lot of times, well, I'll say something that's similar about the theme park and the tour is that they were hard work. (laughs) The theme park, you do about three shows a day. And when you're on the tour, you have eight shows a week, but you're traveling. So after a show, I would have to go to bed that night, wake up at 6am and get on a bus to travel to our new city. So I was constantly working, 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 and I had to really rest in the places that I could rest. So after the show, I'd make sure that I go right to my room, drink a lot of water, hydrate and go to bed. So I had to get some rest for the next day so that I could perform to my fullest ability. So I feel like that's a similarity between the two is that they're both a lot of work and very tedious on your body. And so that's why it's really smart to always keep training and take care of your body and nourish and hydrate all those things to keep you healthy. Yeah. So what do you think is something that from the Beauty and the Beast tour you take away from your future endeavors? Oh, that's a great question. I really believe that if you are meant for a job, you will receive it. And I really, really, really wanted Beauty and the Beast. And once I auditioned and did like my six different callbacks, I actually just released it out of my mind. I released it. I let go of it because I trusted that if it was supposed to be in my future, that it will be placed there. 
So that's why I always say about this career is that really know that if it's your part, no one else can take it away from you. And everybody has their own path. Truly, there's enough success for everyone. So that's why you got to stay on your own path and trust that whatever's meant for you will find you in the end. It will. Yeah. What (laughs) do you think is your favorite song from Beauty and the Beast? Oh, my favorite song. Great question. I think my favorite song has to be Be Our Guest, just because it is so exciting and exhilarating on stage with all the cannons and the, um, the loud music and the costume changes. Oh my gosh, I had like four different costume changes during that number. And the audience, is, it's hysterical because if the audience only knew how much craziness and, and um Everybody was just running around, changing and getting in new wigs and then would come on stage with so much grace and poise. It was hysterical. So I think that the excitement of that number was truly like a moment I won't forget in my career. <laughs> yeah. So, sometimes what happens backstage is definitely very different than what happens on stage. Oh, my gosh. It truly is. The audience, if they only knew. <laughs> it's like a whole show back there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So now I kind of wanted to move on to your most recent show, Frozen. So my yeah. first question was, what was your reaction to this musical? Well, so I actually didn't see it until I was in my callback for the show. So I think it was like my sixth callback for the show. And I kept saying, I should go and see Frozen because I just want to have an idea of you know, how it differs from the movie. And I saw it and I was weeping. It was so magical. Every Disney show is so magical. It really is. The Disney magic, it just exceeds all your expectations. And you really are taken out of your daily life and put into this magical show. And I truly love the show. I love what I do. I love the message that is received. And I think everyone leaves the theater feeling warm and just this warm glow of love. Yeah. I think think that's what I feel about the show. Yeah. (laughs) What do you think you would love that from the movie that you really want to like add to the musical that might not have been there? Hmm. To be honest, I actually love the musical. I love it how I love it how it is. And I don't think I would change anything. We did add a line in actually from Frozen 2. So we have Olaf in his song, um, we in summer, we have him say Samantha. And, oh and the God. audience, yeah, the audience loves it. They go crazy for it. So I think that was the only part that I wish we had put in the show, but we actually implemented it. Um, we got it in the show. So we had it in about like, well, when I was back on tour, but it took like four months to be put in the show. But now it's there. (laughs) What was your audition process for getting into the show? Yeah, so that's a great question. So I initially auditioned at an ECC, an equity course call, uh, and I didn't hear anything from it. I did really well. I danced and I got called back to sing. And then 
it was like five months down the road. They had another call, but for like a private dance appointment. So our agents, well, my agent got me an appointment for it. And I went in and I danced the same combination and I got called back to sing again. And I sang in front of like four of our creative, um, four people from the creative team. And then after that, I got another call back. And then after that, I had 10 more callbacks, <laughs> 10 callbacks. Yeah. Over the span of, I would say about four months. What do you think is something you'd like to change or improve on from your callbacks? If you have any. Hmm. Something I want to change or improve on. Hmm. I think going back to the message, having so much confidence in what I have to offer and know that if this job is meant for me, I, I will get, I will receive it. And I think that really just calms the nerves and calms you down to just trust in the process and trust that you will have it if it's supposed to be in your future. Because I really wanted another tour before Frozen. And I ended up, it was between me and another girl, and I ended up not getting it. And I was devastated and heartbroken. And two months later, I started all my callbacks to Frozen, and I booked Frozen. And I realized that's why I didn't get that other job, is because something bigger and better and something more me was found. And I was able to receive that instead of the job that I thought I wanted so badly. There was something bigger and better at the end of the road. Yeah. Do you remember what song you sang for your initial audition? Yeah. So I sang, so they actually wanted something high because I am the first soprano in Frozen. I didn't know that at the time, obviously, but they said, Hey, do you have any songs that are in the higher register? And I said, of course. So I sang Mr. Stowe from Carousel. And I sang that about seven times. That's the only song they wanted me to sing. <laughs> they just, every time I had to come in and sing for them again, it was uh, different people from the creative team. So that's why they had me sing the same song is because a bunch of people haven't heard it before. Sorry. Um, that's okay. <laughs> what character do you think you most resonate to? Hmm. I feel like I resonate with Princess Anna because she's so quirky and fun, but she's so real and down to earth. Yeah. What do you think song speaks to you the most? I think the opening song speaks to me the most. When the curtain comes up and we're all singing in this beautiful harmony, it is oh so gorgeous and the audience is taken back i got to see the show actually i was swung out um we got to have a night where we get to swing out and our swings go in for us so that they can test out the show and and get this track down and when the curtain came up and everybody started to sing and there's the flowers everywhere and the costumes and the wigs and the music it was the orchestra it was just magnificent i think that is just it brings me so much life and, and reminds me why I'm in this career, why I do this. It's music. It just feeds the soul. It really does. 
Yeah, that makes me feel so sad because I was actually supposed to see you when you guys were in Seattle, and a friend. No. Had, yeah, a friend had offered me tickets, but like that was the day I was like flying out to see some family. Oh my gosh! Well, I hope you come and see it in a different city. I can help you get tickets or backstage pass, whatever. I would love to. I would love to meet you in person. Yeah, I w- I'm so excited to hopefully see it one day. Yeah, I will be back. We will. <laughs> it might take some time, but we we will be back. Mark my words. <laughs> what do you think is your day in? Well, I guess it's not a what do you think question, but what's a day <laughs> in your life look like in a, like a day that you are not traveling, just staying there for the night, but have a show? Okay, like in a city, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, so I usually wake up pretty early. I'm definitely an early riser. Um, And I'll wake up. I'll definitely go and do some exercise. I like to get my body moving in the morning. And then uh, usually I teach master classes in every city. I'm with Broadway Connection and Stage Door Connection. And I go to local dance studios or I go to schools and I teach them some original choreography from the show. And I give some Q&As and get to really meet all all the students and talk to them. And then that usually takes up most of my day. Then I come back and I'll probably, you know, like, of course I'll eat during the day as well. <laughs> and then I'll come back. I'll usually warm up my voice, do a vocal warm up before I head to the theater. And I definitely get to the theater about two hours early before the show, just because I like to make sure that I take my time with my makeup and my pin curls. I don't like to feel rushed. And then I'll definitely do some sort of dance warm-up, really stretch. And we have a physical therapist that travels with us on tours. So if she's available, I'll set like a time with her and I'll go and she just likes to check out our body, make sure we're all healthy and feeling good before the show because our costumes are so heavy. They are so heavy. So it takes a lot of strength to lift up your legs in a 10-pound dress. So we definitely have to do some physical therapy exercises, and then it's time to get on our wig, and it's showtime. Yeah, one thing I kind of resonate with is if I feel, like, not rushed, I can, like, sometimes get ready in, like, 10 minutes, but then when I feel rushed, it takes me, like, 30 minutes. Yes! Oh, my gosh, same. Of course. (laughs) (laughs) I agree with that. Yeah. So then what is your day kind of like when it's a travel day? So if it's a travel day, we don't have anything on a travel day. We don't have a show. So we get to wake up. We get to travel. We will either take a bus or a plane. We'll usually take a plane just because they Disney likes to fly us, which is very nice. So we'll go on the plane and we'll get we'll get to a new city and we'll get acclimated. We'll get into our apartments or our hotel rooms. We'll grocery shop for the weeks that we have healthy, nourishing food for us. And then usually maybe we'll do some like uh, workout classes or kind of just settle in. It's just like a day to really see what the area has for us, whether that's restaurants or gym memberships or dance classes or yoga studios or meditation studios. We like to just really explore and, and take advantage of that free day. Yeah. What do you guys usually stay in Airbnbs or like hotels? Good question. So it depends 
a lot of times if we're in a city for longer than a month, a lot of us will do an Airbnb just because we like to have a kitchen so we can cook. And it just has more space and we feel like we're normal human beings that we're not like trapped in a hotel room. <laughs> so we'll usually I'll, I mean, for me, my preference is an Airbnb for sure. Yeah. Do you know if you've had, when you've stayed in Airbnbs, like a design aspect or something that you really liked about it? Ooh, so I stayed, where was it that I loved my Airbnb? I'm trying to think. Well, I loved my Airbnb for Salt Lake City, but unfortunately we didn't get to go there because we ended in Portland. But I did love my Airbnb in Portland. I actually lived alone and I got a beautiful Airbnb with windows and a patio. I don't normally live alone in the city. Now I currently live alone, but I wanted to have my own space for one of the cities uh, because when I was on the Beauty and the Beast tour, I always had a roommate. So I wanted to take advantage of the fact that I could live alone and create my own schedule. And so I lived in a gorgeous apartment. So I think that was one of my favorites. I think I love anything with windows. I love natural light. Yeah. So what are you most excited to, re- to see or like return to, to the Frozen tour after COVID? Ooh, I'm excited to see my family meaning like the community, my cast members, the orchestra, creative team, all of our company managers and stage managers, tech crew. I'm excited to see the huge community that we have built. And we have such a loving family. And I think that's missing so badly right now, our theater community. And when we're all together and our energy, dancing, singing and acting, doing what we love, it's going to fill the room with light and love. I really, really, really believe that. I cannot wait. Yeah, I'm really, because theater is such a community. and Yeah. Yeah. So now I wanted to talk a little bit about, like, you teaching meditation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so what inspired you to do that? Well, I always grew up in a household where it was available to me. My mother, she was a healer. She kind of still is a healer. She's a stay-at-home mom now. We have, she has five kids, so I have four siblings. And I was kind of just obsessed with meditation and knowing that I could sit still in my thoughts for 30 minutes without any distractions. And I would come out of it feeling peaceful and grounded and aligned. And I think that's what's so beneficial with meditation, especially now during this crazy pandemic, is that we don't have any distractions. There's nothing to really distract you with. And I think it's so crucial to sit in your thoughts and go through them. Be where you're at. I always say that. Be where you're at. If you're feeling great, feel it, go through it. And if you're not, you know, have your moments and know that no two moments are ever the same and you will get out of it. This too shall pass. That's what I always, always, always remember is this too shall pass. Yeah. One thing that I think is really cool is like if you can, I not say like tap into your mind, but like really think sometimes I need to like remember something and I just have to like visualize my mind as like a mm-hmm. building with shelves and then I'll just remember. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, I love that. Yes. <laughs> That's yeah. amazing. 
So what was kind of your path into like getting a certificate to do it professionally? Well, I, so I wanted to be certified in meditation on tour. And then when the pandemic hit and I realized I might not go back to work, I thought it'd be the perfect time and everything would be virtually and remote. So I looked up meditation courses and I found one that really resonated with what I, what I wanted out of meditation. And I took the course. It took about two months and I got certified. And, and now I have clients and I have my own dual focus program that I've created and designed for people. I have about 18 lovely brave humans in it enrolled. And it was a quick process. I found it very natural and organic. It wasn't something I had to work really hard to finish. You know how sometimes you do things and it's really tedious. It takes a while and it feels like a chore. I didn't feel like meditation. Exactly. I didn't feel like meditation was a chore. It felt very organic, like I said, and just it felt peaceful and it brought me so much happiness and joy. So it was, it was easy for me to fly through it. Yeah. What do you love to like, like what's a thing that you love to teach with your dual focus? Mm. I love to teach manifesting. And I think that right now it's going to be very, very, very crucial to manifest the life that we want and the world that we want to see and, and be in. So I teach a lot of manifesting meditations and we make vision boards. We see our visions and we manifest as though they're already in front of us. So instead of saying, I want this, I want this, which translates to ultimately, I don't have it, right? I want this translates to, I don't have it. I don't have it. I don't have it. Instead, I like to always say, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for this dream job. Thank you for this dream relationship. Thank you for this dream apartment opening up, whatever it means to you. And so when we manifest, we go into another world and we see everything available to us. And that excitement raises the vibration. And that's what aligns with the vision. The visions, like our, our, which means our vision boards, the visions are so high, right? That vibration is so exciting. And so we have to manifest from that exciting, high frequency vibrational place. And that's what aligns with it. Wow. I just feel like so open. (laughs) (laughs) It's amazing. I'm very, yes, I'm very excited about it. Where did you come up with your like the name Jewel Focus, like Jewel, like from your name, but like what yeah. made, like together and what made yeah. you just focus? Yeah. So Jewel is obviously my middle name. I've always wanted to change my name to Jewel, but my mother said no. My dad and my mom were like, no, your name's Hannah. I was like, okay, my stage name is Hannah Jewel then. And they were like, okay. Um, but I always said focus because I believe that if you focus on you want what on what you want, you're able to get it. So my whole thing is focus on you want focus on what you want and how to get it. And focus, we all have chakras in our body and this I could go on forever, but we have seven sh- different chakras and there's a third eye chakra which is your sixth chakra. And I believe that the focus stands for that third eye chakra which is shaped like an eye. And that chakra sees things out of the materialistic world where you can see things that you thought were unimaginable and 
unattainable. And that's where I believe that we should always live in that world where everything is at the ends of our fingertips. It's available. It's available to us. So I thought of dual focus, that we focus on that, meaning like the eye, we focus with our eyes on what we want and how to get it. Yeah. So what do you think is your favorite uh, meditation practice? My favorite meditation practice, I think, would be a mantra meditation. So a mantra meditation is when you repeat mentally a phrase over and over again. And it's like you bring your awareness like an anchor back and back to the mantra. So a mantra could be a saying. A mantra could be, I am peaceful. I am loved. I am enough. I am happy whatever it is for you. And I usually set a mantra before class and and everybody has the same one, but it's just, it really brings the meaning of those words into your soul and you feel grounded, you feel cleansed. And it just helps you to stay in the present moment and be very mindful of coming back and back to that mantra. Yeah, and it really shows like words have power as much as like your mental state has power yes oh you're so smart I love that yes you're so good at that well what do you think is one piece of advice you give to an aspiring actress or actor yes so I have two well I might have three (laughs) so one important one is always be true to you there is nobody else like you you are made special So please always be you, be true to yourself, be authentic. People want to see that in auditions. They don't want to see somebody you, somebody you think you should be. They want to see you. And I have another piece of advice, which is always that there's enough success for everybody in this business to always stay on your own path. Really, really, truly do not compare yourself to anybody else. It is so, so, so different from where you're going. You can be supportive to them, but know that you have to stay on your own path. To leave us off, do you have any where you, if someone wants to connect with you, they could? Yes, I love, I always read all the DMs on Instagram. So if you want to find me and ask me any question, I will always answer. It's at Hannah, H-A-N-N-A-H, my middle name, J-E-W-E-L, and my last name, K-O-H-N. So at Hannah Jewel Cone. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing all of that and that insight with me and future listeners. I thank you so much. And this is so awesome that you've created this channel and this podcast. This is so, so, so awesome. Really, you should be so proud of yourself. <laughs> thank you so much. Just Of couple- course, sweet. Thank you for listening to another Bobby Brown. Rain's episode with Hannah Jewel Cohn. I hope you enjoyed. Bye.